name is Ella Kate Marisi, and you are listening to More Than Child's Play with your host, my mommy, Lacey Marisi, and my Aunt Nicole Surgeon. They're authors, therapists, and most importantly, mommies. And man, can they talk. So sit back and relax and learn from their village. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of More Than Child's Play podcast. This is Lacey Marisi, speech-language pathologist and co-owner of Milestones and Miracles. Thank you all so much for joining us today. And joining me on this episode is my colleague and friend, Lila Griffith. Welcome, Lila. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. We're so thankful you took time to uh, meet up with me today and have this conversation. We're going to be sharing with you all today information about pediatric voice disorders. But before I start our conversation with Lila, I just want to introduce you formally to her. Lila is a speech language pathologist who earned her bachelor's and master's degrees in communication sciences and disorders from Radford University. She has experience working with both children and adults in a variety of settings, such as non-for-profit organizations, public school systems, nursing homes, healthcare facilities, in-home care, daycares, and private schools. Lila currently owns a private practice in Winchester, Virginia called Without Limits Speech Therapy of Winchester. Her clinical certifications include SOS Feeding, Vital STEM, and Lee Silverman Voice Training Loud. So I wanted to invite Lila on today to share again about pediatric voice disorders. This is an area in our field It's one of the many um, disorders that speech-language pathologists treat and diagnose and evaluate children for, but I feel that it it doesn't get a lot of attention, uh, especially in early intervention. I have worked in early intervention for several years. I've maybe seen one or two kiddos that I referred to an ENT to have their vocal cords looked at because I had concerns, Um, but I just, again, I wanted to have Lila on to share her knowledge and expertise about voice disorders with you all, both professionals and parents and families, so that we kind of know as practitioners in early intervention, as pediatric therapists out there treating children, so that we know what to listen for and parents and families, the same thing. So they know what to listen for in a child's voice. So they know what might be a concern that's worth you know, seeking out the advice, the evaluation, the assessment from an ENT or from a speech language pathologist. So we'll go ahead and get started. So Lila, can you just share with the audience, what is the definition of a voice disorder? Sure, of course. Well, I think to talk about a voice disorder, we really need to understand what our voice is. And a lot of people may not understand how the voice really works. So the voice is just basically the sound production of our vocal folds vibrating. So it's that constant back and forth motion, the vibration of our vocal cords coming through our larynx. So that's what people call your voice box, right? Right. So a voice disorder in its most simple format occurs when the vocal folds do not come together appropriately, where there's excessive tension to produce a clear sound. So a voice disorder is characterized by so many different aspects, which I think we'll get into Um, here in a little bit, but basically the voice disorder is when our voice isn't coming out clearly or it's distorted in any way. And a voice disorder is different than a speech disorder. 
a speech delay, correct? Very much so, yes. Um, an articulation impairment or a speech delay is the production of certain sounds, our S's, our THs, our L's. A voice disorder is our voice, so it's exactly what we sound like. Um, and we all sound differently because our larynx, our voice box are in different positions in our bodies. So we all have different voices, but there are red flags and warning signs for a voice disorder that would prompt us to seek further advice. Absolutely. And so voice disorders occur in adults, but they also occur in children, correct? Absolutely. Voice disorders occur in adults generally because of um, progressive ailments such as Parkinson's disease. In children, however, it's very different. Voice disorders in children is a result generally of what might be called a phonotrauma or misuse, such as yelling a lot, making loud noises, a lot of throat clearing. Um, think about our kiddos who are playing sports. They're out on the hockey field and they're trying to communicate with their players, with their, with their friends, and they're misusing their voice over and over and over. So that's what we generally see with the pediatric population for voice disorders. Okay. I'm just curious in your practice, having a private practice, do you, is it rare that a parent brings a kiddo in just because of a voice concern? Or is it usually that a, a parent brings a kiddo in because they're concerned about our tick and you happen to discover a voice disorder or a concern with the voice? Bingo. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's, the latter. it's the latter. Definitely. Now, occasionally we will have a referral for something that the parent says, I just can't figure out what it is. My son is taking deep breaths while he's talking in the middle of his sentences. I don't know what that is. He stopped talking at school because his voice is tired by the end of school and he says he can't talk anymore. Um, we have had several of that type of referral come in, but generally it's our kids that we're seeing for another concern. And then we have to say to them, have you noticed that their voice is hoarse or harsh or they clear their throat a lot? And then we can talk about those concerns and make an appropriate referral. Okay. That's kind of what I figured. Cause again, mm -hmm. this area of voice disorders isn't as well known amongst, you know, general population, families, parents, um, so again, another reason why we wanted to have this podcast, but okay. Absolutely. So let's go into what causes a voice disorder in a child. Sure. So common causes for a voice disorder in a child is something I referred to a moment ago. Maybe it's excessive yelling. If we have a lot of siblings, maybe we're trying to talk over our siblings. We're all trying to talk at once. Environmental factors are a huge factor. Um, of course, smoking, you know, inhalation of environmental processes, allergies that can dry out our vocal folds. And then our kids keep talking and talking. <clears throat> And you can hear me, I'm clearing my throat right now. In fact, I need a drink of water, which leads me to hydration. How many times as a parent or as a therapist have we said, have you drank water today? And our kids say, no, or yeah, I had a cup at breakfast. Um, so we need to remember hydration and keeping oral care as part of our daily life. Just like we remind them to brush their teeth. We just have to remember that we have to take care of our vocal folds as well. So difficulties that we're seeing with kids with their voice is generally caused by some environmental factor. Um, occasionally anatomical issues may arise. Maybe this is just how we're born, um, but generally it's environmental. Okay. So 
if a child possibly has a voice disorder, but it's not known, so they continue to quote, abuse their voice, yelling all the time, maybe not getting enough water and hydration on those vocal cords. What, what can happen if that voice disorder goes undiagnosed and untreated? Can it, can it eventually cause a child to lose their voice, you know, trauma to the vocal sure. cords? Like what can happen after that? If, if there's no, again, diagnosis and treatment. Sure, absolutely. So on the more severe end, we could see aphonia, which is complete loss of voice where you really cannot bring your vocal folds together in a healthy way to make that sound. Um, on the lesser end, you would hear hoarseness or breathiness, mm-hmm. raspiness in our kids' voices or strain, volume that is too loud or too soft, a pitch that's too high or too low, um, we would also potentially see vocal nodules and vocal nodules are basically like bruises or blisters that occur on your vocal folds from misuse and abuse. And this is painful oftentimes for our kiddos, but other times they can go and be diagnosed and there, there isn't any pain um, associated with that. So if we continue to misuse our voice and we're speaking too loudly or excessively clearing our throat, um, we can see some vocal nodules, which may then impact us severely enough that you may need surgery down the road. Okay. okay. And just to kind of help again, our audience understand. So you your vocal cords um, are two, two separate cords or folds that come together when we talk, right? They come together, mm-hmm. they vibrate for different sounds, um, different pitches and all the good stuff. But when a kiddo or an adult is is abusing their vocal folds, yelling too much, those cords or the vocal folds kind of come together harder. Is that correct? That's and and that's then correct. they kind of slam together so much that then those polyps or those bruises or those blisters will form. You're absolutely okay. correct in that. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But hopefully we can intervene for kids before they get to that point, right? I mean, hopefully either they're coming to you for another reason and you happen to notice these, you know, these vocal issues or concerns or their parents bring them in because of concerns before they get to that point. So, okay. So you have a kiddo, you identify that they have a voice disorder. What do you do to help them? How do we improve that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the first things we do require is that they are seen by an ENT, an ear, nose, and throat doctor, because we do need to know if there's anything physiological going on um, that we would either need to take a break from articulation therapy, if that's what we're doing, or start voice therapy at that time. We need clearance from a medical doctor. So let's assume we get clearance from a medical doctor and everything's looking okay. There are several different ways to treat voice disorders, but in my training, which is the Lee Silverman voice training, the LSVT lab, it simplifies it, which is my favorite part because it's really hard for a kid to think about so many things, especially when they're using their voice. This is just like in anything with speech therapy, right? You know, we, we can't think about, but so many aspects of our um, speech development and be successful in that. So LSVT loud simplifies it. We teach what a normal voice, what a healthy voice sounds like. So it's not, uh, it's not, uh, it's a nice clear, ah, uh, and we do that by using a computer program so that our kiddos can see their voice across the screen. There's a red bar at the top 
and there is a green bar at the bottom. We don't want to be in either of those bars. And when they start producing their voice, they see a wave come across their screen so that they know what level to stay at. And once we've achieved a nice, clear voice, which doesn't always happen immediately, it takes a little bit of practice to get there. Um, we start vocal exercises that we recommend doing four to five times a week, every day at home, um, when we can. And, you know, the more we can do, the better. Yes. So we graduate from a nice, clear voice to pitch breaks. So we have our ah, and then we say ah. Oh, so we're trying to achieve high pitch and low pitch within that healthy range. And we're still using the visual feedback, the cues visually, this looks good because we're, you know, as kiddos and adults too, let's be honest, we're not the greatest at self-awareness sometimes. So we've got to have these visual cues um, to tell us this is a good spot. This is the sweet spot. Let's stay here. Mm -hmm. So once we've achieved that, we then create what's called functional phrases, and that's working with the parents and the children on constant things that they say in their home. Is it, I'm hungry, which let's face it, it probably is because most yes. of our kids are hungry all the time. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, is it a time to walk the dog? What time do I have to go to bed? Can I have dessert? Whatever will motivate these kids with their functional phrases. We create 10 to 15 of those. And then we start using our good, healthy, quality, loud voice. And we read these functional phrases in our healthy voice. Then we head out to the parking lot and we start practicing our healthy voice outside. And then we practice it at home until hopefully this starts resonating and we're calibrating or generalizing what we're learning in the clinic to using it at home. So we're using our nice, healthy vocal quality at home without hearing that strain or that harshness or feeling any pain. Right. That, I just, I love that. It makes so much sense. I love the visual feedback, you know, even working with toddlers and preschoolers like I do, having visual representation of anything you're asking a child to do you know, again, not even just at those younger ages, but older kids too, I'm sure that really, you know, I'm sure that makes such a huge difference. So I love that visual feedback piece. Yes, it's a huge difference. The difficult part of that is we can achieve this great healthy vocal quality while we're in therapy. But then as soon as that camera on the computer is turned off and they can't see it, it's then learning the self-awareness and being able to do it themselves. So that's what takes a little bit of time. It's not generally finding that healthy voice. It's the carryover and learning to do it in our everyday lives. But we've achieved it many, many times. It's certainly very possible. There's always hope for our voice. We, there's always something for us to work on. So it's, it's a really fun therapy to do. Yeah, it sounds like it. And then the other piece I love that you shared about the treatment and therapy um, of children with voice disorders is you pick functional phrases and sentences, mm -hmm. stuff that they say all the time, right? right? Because how silly would it be in therapy to practice the word hippopotamus with your healthy voice <laughs> when you don't yeah. own a hippopotamus or see a hippopotamus <laughs> every day or talk about a hippopotamus? Now, maybe if you have a kid that loves hippopotamuses, that would be a functional word. But you know that it's important for us as therapists, no matter what we're treating in our therapy for our target words, phrases, sentences to be functional because that will promote that generalization much more quickly. 
you know, then picking random words out of, you know, the air. Um, it kind of, when you were talking about those functional phrases, picking those out for the kids that you work on, work with, with voice disorders, it like made me think of core vocabulary, right? Like what sure. words matter the most, right? So um, core vocabulary with AAC or just, you know, general language development. So awesome. Well, good. Okay. So, <laughs> so that's kind of, so now we know the signs to look, what we kind of talked about, what you're looking for, listening for to identify a voice disorder. Once you identify a child as having a voice disorder, how you're going to work with them to improve their voice. Um, so is there any, anything that, um, anything that can be done to prevent getting to this point? Um, anything that parents can do to promote healthy voice, vocal fold, um, you know, development, I guess. Um, sure. Yeah. No, that's a really good question. Um, and I think when there's anything going on with our kiddos, parents sometimes have a default to think, what did I not do? Or what could I have done differently? And oftentimes it's, that's not the case at all. But in, in this case, sometimes as long as we're aware and educated and we could start working with it as soon as we start seeing differences, I think that would be the most beneficial. I don't know that we're doing anything to cause a voice disorder, um, but just being aware of what it is and looking out for the warning signs. So to try and avoid yelling and screaming, you know, be aware of what's going on in your house. When we have multiple kids, Woo, it gets loud in there. Everybody yeah. knows that. And we're all trying to talk over one another. So if you hear one of your little guys having difficulty with their voice, maybe take a step back and, and play a game where you take a voice break. It's, you know, a voice nap, let's call it. So you have the quiet time in the house and play charades. So you're trying to use other ways to communicate other than the vocal abuse take turns talking, you know, I know that's a hard one, but take turns talking with your child and other family members and modeling the use of a soft, gentle voice. That's hard for adults as well, because we want our kids to hear us. We want our spouse to hear us. And sometimes we ourselves can be speaking in a really loud, harsh tone. So being a good model within the home, drinking plenty of water, avoiding soft drinks, um, I'll say coffee, but I don't think any of our kids are probably drinking coffee, but I'll bet they're having some sugary beverages yeah. um, for adults. Yeah. We don't want to, we want to monitor our coffee and make sure we're drinking water, but avoiding anything that will dehydrate us or cause our vocal cords to dry out. Um, our vocal cords need to be well hydrated to work effectively. And then rewarding your child when you hear the better voice and keeping open lines of communication. Ask them, does your voice hurt when you talk? Mm -hmm. um, if it does, there's help that we can get. Please tell me more about that. If your teacher is saying, I noticed that your daughter's not speaking in class a lot, ask why that is. Maybe it's not because he or she is shy. Maybe it's because something is going on with their voice. So really kind of dive deep and ask questions. If if you don't think something is right, follow up with that. Um, I think that's a theme that I have found in speech language pathology. I've worked with so many parents who have said, I have been speaking with our doctor about this for years and I've just felt like I haven't been heard. Well, continue to be heard. Seek out a speech language pathologist or an ENT, um, someone that if you feel like something's going on with your child's voice or anything regarding your child's development, just continue to follow up with people until you finally feel that you're being heard and it can be addressed. 
Absolutely. And that's a, a, it's funny you brought that up. Um, You know, one reason we do this podcast is to educate parents and families and professionals, but especially the parents and families so that they feel empowered to advocate for their child when they feel it is necessary um, Mm -hmm. so that they can be heard. And like you just said, with voice disorders, with any developmental concerns, anything with your child. um, And even if maybe you bring it up to the doctor, like you said, and the doctor maybe doesn't do anything or refer, keep asking, get a second opinion. That's totally okay. And just trusting that gut feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. when you think your kid might need help or you think there might be something going on that they need help with, go for it. Advocate, feel empowered. Yes. Yes. Now, something I feel I didn't mention, I was just thinking about it. It's allergy season now. So a lot of people are, you know, clearing their throat or they're sneezy or their voice sounds a little bit different. Now that would be considered typical. That's pretty normal. But if we hear that voice change and it doesn't change back over a significant amount of time, that should be looked into, um, again, by an ENT or some, or an otolaryngologist, because if we have, we could experience an illness or have an allergy, um, and then our body just can't acclimate to get us back to where we were, that's another red flag. Just pay attention to that. Sure. And that's what I was just going to ask. You know, lots of kids get colds or get upper respiratory infections, strep throat, you know, and for the duration of the illness, it's typical to maybe hear the raspiness, the hoarseness. Sure. Uh, you're recommending if that extends after the child is feeling better, if that hoarseness or raspy voice or breathiness in their voice continues, then you might want to seek out an opinion from a, an SLP or an ENT, a doctor that could possibly look into that for you. That's exactly right. And generally, um, one could make a recommendation for some at-home changes, you know, whether it's rehydrating. Um, sometimes medicine can cause voice disorders as well, because if there is a medicine in place that dehydrates you, you know, a lot of our, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, antihistamines. Yes. Yes, yes, that can dehydrate you because its purpose is to take some of this extra mucus from your body. So that's going to dehydrate you and that will likely dehydrate your vocal cords. So you just have to pay attention um, to what you're taking, what you're eating, what you're drinking, and just always follow up with a professional if you have any questions. Sure. So um, Lila, what if there's someone listening um, in the field of speech language pathology or even a parent who would like to learn more about voice disorders? Do you have any websites that you recommend? Or I know you said you are trained in the LSBT loud. So I'm mm-hmm. sure you recommend that looking into that, but any, any particular resources that you recommend to our listeners? To Definitely learn LSVT loud. That's my favorite one. Um, again, because we just simplify it so much and the information is really easy to understand and accessible. So that's my top one. But of course, I have to go to the American Speech Language Hearing Association. They have a lot of wonderful information um, regarding voice and pediatric voice disorders. And there are other websites like the National Institute on Deafness and other communication disorders that you can go to, and that will lead you to also pediatric voice disorder information. Okay, great. And then what about if anybody that's listening has any specific questions, how can they best reach you, get in contact with you to ask you anything? Sure, of course. Um, Our website is www.withoutlimitspeech.com. From there, it has our phone number, which I'll give you if you want that now. Um, Okay, it's 540-773-4436. 
And my email is also included on there, which is lila at withoutlimitsspeech.com. We would be happy to answer questions. We do free consultations. We provide any kind of information or referrals that you might need. Just let us know what questions you might have and we're here to help the community. We feel so blessed to be working in Winchester for so long. There's just so many great people here um, and around our surrounding communities. So just please let us know if you have questions or concerns. Well, we're thankful that you have your clinic in Winchester. It's much needed and I know you stay busy. There's lots of families that are seeking out help for their kiddos. And so we appreciate you and all of your employees, therapists that help everyone, the children and their families in the community. And I love that you give free consultations. You know, that's mm -hmm. no, no harm in just, you know, making the phone call, just kind of, you know, checking in with the therapist. If you have any concerns about speech and language, um, I love that. That's really great. Absolutely. Yes. We yeah. do free consultations on the phone and then we also do free screens. So even if we want to just come in for 15 minutes and see our clinic and meet us and see if it's a good match, we love that. You know, we just want to help as many people as we can. So that's great. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, good. All right. Well, thank you, Lila, so much for joining us and helping us all become a little bit more familiar with what voice disorders are and what to listen for in our little ones to know if they possibly might have a voice disorder and knowing when to make that referral. We really appreciate your time and um, we'll have to figure out how to get you back on here again to talk about something else. That sounds amazing. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Thanks again. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for joining us for another episode of More Than Child's Play podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, find us on Instagram at Milestones Miracles and on Twitter at Milestones M.